What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I also want to ask you, I know you love talking about yourself, but you, you know, going back to Philly this week, um, what, what are your thoughts? What are your emotions there? I'll probably wear a helmet too because my in-laws are already buying batteries. So... <laughs> Joe Judge, fresh off of his first win, feeling loose, feeling confident. Oh. It also helps that he's playing a team that has one win. The rivalry isn't what it used to be, Christopher. Giants-Eagles, 1-5 no. at 1-4-1. and one. Throw out the records and just say they're both contenders in the NFC East, and whoever wins will double their wins and also be a slightly better contender than they were going in. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's an underwhelming game. There's no doubt about it. It is a rivalry, no matter what you say. I mean, it, this is like two teams and cities that, you know, are uh, stubborn and vocal and loud and uh, can be obnoxious. So there is that aspect. I, it stinks there's no fans and everything. But cool for Joe Judge. It really is. And I think the, the other thing, Mike, that just jumps out to me, at least about the matchup and specifically to the Eagles – you know, yeah, it's stinky right now. There's no doubt. It's not great. But the Eagles have a few things on their team to make you think like, oh, all right, they might be able to turn it around. I don't see that with the Giants. And, of course, hey, there's the, the Eagles with losing to the Ravens, losing to the Steelers, losing to the Rams, they played some good teams. They could have beat the Steelers or the Ravens too. So uh, I guess that's what I'm saying. At least they're a team that I look at tonight where I go, yeah, they get healthy get some of these receivers back, they could have a say in this when all said and done. Okay, and this is a completely nonpartisan observation. Yeah. This is just more of an American citizen observation. There's a fairly significant debate tonight if you haven't heard. Oh, that's right. How are you going to handle this balance between a newsworthy event yeah. that may be instructive to what you may do when it's time to cast your ballot? Right. If you haven't cast it already, I've already cast mine, but I'm still going to watch it. Or football, how are you going to work it out? Well, listen, I'm, because I'm, we've seen the commercial. You only have one TV. That that's right. Outside. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, I built my low screen outside on the front lawn. So that's where I'm going to be. And it's just it, I'm a meathead. I'm going to be watching football. That's what I do. That's what I love. 
commercials? Will I flip it over? Sure, I'll check it out. But I don't know. I didn't learn very much the last debate. That was a debacle. I mean, I learned about interrupting people and never letting anybody finish the thought. But other than that, I mean, so I'm not that worried about what I might miss tonight uh, after seeing the first one. Did that count as training for this show for you? <laughs> no, it did not. <laughs> you want me to <laughs> maybe you want me to start me. being you want me to start <laughs> being like that? <laughs> I I am speaking. Um, but let me just say this. Yeah, I I I'm still torn on what to do because I had so much angst and just anxiety the last time around. Yeah, like I wanted to throw my my shoe through the TV yeah, and just walk away. The whole thing. Right. And, and this is nonpartisan. The whole thing to me was unsatisfying. The whole thing to me was unacceptable. You're talking about the and debate, goes, right? Not the giant yeah. last Giants-Eagles game? Well, okay. No, yeah. <laughs> but, if the, but if the thing goes that way, it will be. Turn it off and just watch football. I'm going to try to work out a system where I can listen to the debate and watch the game. Because oh. I don't need to see the debate. I just want to hear the debate. Right. So I'm going to try to work something out. Well, wait, what, what do you I'm mean try? What do you, what do you mean try? Like what, what do you, like one of your seven TVs in the barn can't put one on the other one on and we can lower the volume on one and raise the other. Like, I hope you can try and figure out how to hit that on button and that volume button, Mike. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> yeah, I'm done now. All right, time for some <laughs> uh, some news and notes as we lead into some props for the the Thursday night game. The Eagles expect receiver Deshaun Jackson to play, which is good news. He's had a hamstring injury. Lane Johnson, ankle injury, expected to play as well. Running back Miles Sanders with a knee injury. Zach Ertz, the tight end with an ankle injury. Defensive tackle Malik Jackson with a quarter all out. Darius Slayton will play for the Giants at the receiver position. Most impressive last week, the Giants' ugly win over Washington or the Eagles' near miss against Baltimore where they almost tied the game late? I, I think I would go with the Eagles and the near comeback versus the Ravens. I mean, first off, you just you don't come back against the Ravens. Uh, that, that, to me, was shocking in itself. And then to be there with an opportunity to tie the football game, maybe send it in overtime, but just you know the fact that they kept hanging in there and there were so many instances in the game where you go – all right, this is it. This is the last play. It's going to be over for the Eagles right here. What? They got the first down? What? They did this? And they just kept going. I think that was more impressive than the, the Giants' ugly win. Yeah, I agree with you, and, and it stunned me. I, you know, we had, we had our best bets last week, which we will be doing oh. later today, although our best bets weren't very best last well, week. We both had the Ravens, and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm ready to light the victory cigar on that one. And and I I look back at the screen and it's thirty to twenty eight. What the hell happened to the Ravens up seven and a half? It's I'm, this is why I'm glad I don't bet. I, it really that would have been a killer Sunday. The other game I had uh, for our best bets was the Tennessee Titans. I mean they're kicking the crap out of Houston. I'm going. This is the I'm killing it. I'm going to be two and zero. I'm sitting there. It's twenty four six Ravens and the Houston Texans are or the Tennessee Titans are about to go up twenty four ten. And that's just that's why I'm glad I don't put real money on it because I I would have been pissed. I probably would have broke something uh, on Sunday after that. Yeah, we get plenty of enjoyment and aggravation out of the game without having to have money riding on top of it. And 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 I understand why people feel like their viewing and following of the NFL is enhanced by that. I don't need it. I don't think I could take it. I'm with you. Yeah. And here's the thing. I've got the Bill Parcells approach. Remember, Bill Parcells, when he finally retired, said he got to the point where the losses hurt a hell of a lot more than the wins felt good. Right. That's exactly how I would be. Like, I could win five grand 
and I would obsess over losing 20 bucks. And, and I would be more upset about that because I'll think of all the stuff I could have done with that 20 bucks instead of just seeing it disappear. Oh. That's how, so uh, you, it's, it's all about self-awareness and understanding what drives you nuts. That would drive me nuts. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, full transparency. My first year out of the NFL, I bet on some games. I had a friend who, you know, would always call me and go, give me your pick of the week. And I would do it, and he would give me my friend who he was very rich. He would give me ten percent, and he kind of kept it. What he still is, he's still was. very rich. He was. Yeah. No, the gambling <laughs> problem still is never going to let him run out of money. Trust me, he's got so much. This guy. So yeah, he did that. He would keep me, let me have ten percent of the winnings. I started to get. I started to. Get, I started to pick a game too and do that. Mike, I was up big thousands and thousands of dollars going into the playoffs. And I let it, you know, half of all the amount I had on like one or two games, I lost it all, like in the divisional and, and AFC championship game that year. And I was just like, oh, this is why I can't do it. I'll never do it again. You got to let it ride. You got to let it. It's part of I know. Journey. I was it's like, I, I got to let it ride. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, current favorite in the, uh, speaking of betting, the current favorite in the NFC East is who, Chris? And here are the odds, courtesy of points bet. Dallas plus 100, meaning you bet 100 to win 100. Philadelphia plus 125, the Giants plus 850, and Washington, the ultra long shot at plus 1100. Who is your favorite to win the NFC East? I, I'm shocked to see that the Cowboys are the favorite as of right now still. To me, it would still be Philadelphia. It would. There's a toughness. There's a battle-tested element to the football team. They have nothing on offense right now. That's why it's great. You know, Again, it stinks that Miles Sanders and Ertz is going to be out, but at least Deshaun Jackson's going to get back. So they'll be able to throw the football and do all that. You know, Dallas Goddard, he could be back in a few weeks. So I think when I look at all of those type of things and then look at their defense, which I think is a pretty solid unit, uh, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles. What, what about you? I, I agree with you. It's the Eagles, and we've seen this movie over the past couple of years yeah. where they start slowly and they end up figuring it out. Last year they were 5-7. and seven. They won four games down the stretch to win the division I have more faith in them right now than the other three teams I will say this I'm intrigued by this Washington plus 1100 because I think if if and when they make Alex Smith the starting quarterback they become a contender to win the division yeah I, I mean they have things too you know, they played the Cowboys this weekend that is going to be an interesting game that is you know the, the Washington has a pretty good offensive line you know the offense is average yes but I mean, we know the Cowboys' defense stinks. And I think Washington's pretty good on the defensive side of the ball, too, to where, yeah, I think they're going to be a pain in the butt. I just don't know if I could buy into them actually thinking they're a division, division winner. Does your assessment of the Eagles being your current favorite to win the division change if they lose tonight to the Giants? I don't, I don't think it does, actually. I don't think it does. It would be like, wow, that's unbelievable. I can't believe they lost to the New York Giants and all those type of things. But I still think I'd probably still have the same thought to where if you're going to make – they lose tonight and you ask me after the game, all right, so who are you still going to pick to win the NFC East? I think I'm still going to pick Philadelphia. I am. I just – I got more faith in that quarterback and that coaching staff and a few of the guys they got on their team than I do the others. In a normal year, I would be very concerned about the Eagles losing at home to the Giants, but because this is a year where the home field advantage doesn't mean anything, they could settle that score easily when they face the Giants. Uh, when do they face the Giants? They face the Giants again. Is this their second 
second run? No. The, no, they've got the Giants week 10. They host the Giants, or they go to face the Giants, excuse me, on November the 15th. But there won't be fans there. It won't be the same thing. So they could lose this one. The Eagles could. And I, I'm not going to be as concerned about a sweep. Maybe by the middle of November they get enough guys back that can go take care of the Giants. I mean, I think that, I think we both believe the Eagles are going to win this, but who knows? Yes. Hey, the Giants won Sunday. Maybe they turn it around and win another one tonight. If the Giants win tonight, well, we've already covered yes, that. Yes, we did. You're not going to change your thoughts on that. All right. Um, some props now, courtesy of the Points Bet Sportsbook. Will either Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz reach 300 yards passing, Chris? Well, if I'm going to go with one, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. I am. I don't think it'll be easy. You know, the Giants' defense, it's well coached. It really is. And because they don't have to, like, you know, they have, they're have so big up front with some of their big guys, they, they don't have to add extra people into helping the run game. And then, of course, the Eagles aren't a very good running team in general. You know, uh, they can be tricky that way. But it just the Eagles, they're just going to keep throwing it. And I don't think the Giants are talented enough in the back end to where if you're going to make me pick one or the other – yeah, I'm I'm picking uh, Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. Daniel Jones and the offensive side of the ball for the Giants. You know, there's just there's issues across the board, and really, I just feel like if you kind of stop Darius Slayton, then you're going to be in a good spot uh, playing against the Giants. Do you think either of these guys really is in a spot where the team is thinking, should we look somewhere else? For 2021, I think maybe for Jones, I still think the Eagles are so invested in Wentz. They've yeah. given him the money. They picked him over Nick Foles. I feel like they need to keep doubling down on Wentz for a few more years to come. I just really wonder about Daniel Jones, especially if there would be a GM change. If there's a GM change, all bets are off for the New York Giants. But I just, you know, we haven't seen the growth and development. I don't know how much of that to put on him. Yeah versus the circumstance right. when you don't have Saquon Barkley when you don't have a great offensive line what do we expect from this guy exactly right to me it's more the circumstance is he perfect no but you know decision maker and thrower he's really damn good yes still has a little bit of a fumbling thing that's got to be fixed there's no doubt about that but it's better this year than last year but man yeah you know two years two different offenses not a lot of support at the wide receiver position no run game to speak of for this first two years of his career and I think arguably, you know, some of the worst pass protection and stuff that we've seen in football over the last two years have been with the New York Giants. So I'm a believer in Daniel Jones still. You know, it's another case here of like there's the team is so bad, you can't really see how good he is. Uh, and then with your Carson Wentz, I mean, it's, it's a valid question. The perception is, you know, it's all to me messed up because of the Nick Foles and the Super Bowl thing and all that. But I would sit here and argue and go, I, Carson Wentz is the best player on the Eagles. I mean, he's the best player. He's the reason it was a game last week, you know, and I know people will say, well, you had a turnover and did things like that. Yeah, well, he's got to do everything. I mean, he's got to do it all. There's no, you know, top-tier receiver, top-tier running back, nothing. It's all on Carson Wentz to make plays, and the offense isn't, like, that creatively good to where it's just like, oh, people are flying wide open and he's missing them. That, not at all. So, you know, I, I am, but I think the Giants situation, Mike, to your point – you know, the one thing we're hearing up here in New York more and more is, of course, the Trevor Lawrence conversation. You know, you, we played the clip yesterday. The New York media is in Dabo Sweeney's press conferences down there in, in Clemson now. And I just feel like with Trevor Lawrence being like somewhat of a football god in the world right now, if the Giants had the number one pick, I don't know what they'd do. I think it's very dicey at this point. Can you pass up Trevor Lawrence? What do you think? 
Well, I don't think you can. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people think you can. I understand it. What if it comes down to the Jets or the Giants right? week 17 for the number one pick in the draft? Look, you said it yourself, the competition for the competition for the first overall pick this year. Now, the NFL doesn't want anyone to think there is a competition. I think that's one of the reasons why there isn't a draft lottery, which would be a huge event with millions of dollars earned for the NFL and millions of eyeballs tuning in to see who gets the first overall pick. They don't want to give any credence to the idea that teams would be tempted to not try to win. But when you have 10 teams right now with one win or fewer, and barring a tie, that will change tonight. It will drop to nine at least for now because a lot of these bottom feeders are playing each other, starting with the Giants and the Eagles. When you have that many teams that are already circling the drain, you have to start thinking about and this is an ownership front office type thing. We want to evaluate, evaluate the younger players. We want to see what the backup quarterback yeah, can do. Yeah, right. We want to see what the third string corner can do to Julio Jones, right? That, that, that's how it happens. And I think some of these teams are going to be very tempted to do it. And if you're the Giants and you've got the Jets in your own stadium and they're positioning themselves, whether they want to or not, for Trevor Lawrence. How do you not become tempted mm-hmm. to say Ooh. we're going to put guys on the field to evaluate them and just hope nature takes its course and we end up with the first overall pick? In the uh, yeah, I, I know you're right. It's where it's really tricky, and it's tricky when you speak specifically. And I know we didn't mean to, mean to make this right hand turn about this conversation, but it, it is the Giants still. I mean, they told us we have time, so good. we're good. But what you, but but what is really tricky about the situation, and as we both know. You know, yeah, it, if you got the number one pick, Jets or Giants, or if they're one, two, whatever, yeah, it's Trevor Lawrence. I, You're right. You're rolling the dice if you pass him up. But the other issue that both teams have is they have so many issues on their roster, like to where you want to go. There's the, the other football side of me goes, you can win with Sam Darnold and Daniel Jones. You can do it. You just got to build a team around it. You know, yeah, they're not Patrick Mahomes or Rodgers and just going to carry the team and do stuff like that. No, but they're really they're really good football players. Uh, and that's, to me, going to be the other part of that conversation is, you know, what team wants to go, okay, we got the quarterback, or what team's going to go, okay, you know, our quarterback will deal with it. We have so many issues on our team. We got to figure out the rest of the issues, not the quarterback. God, if it just comes down to those two teams, I, it's just it's fascinating to me. And what about this? What if Trevor Lawrence says Jets or Giants? No, thank you. I'll just stay at Clemson one more year. Well, I, I mean, he could. I wouldn't do that if I was him. I would never roll the dice like that, as you know. I mean, yeah, it's. I know he's the man, but you know, one guy, one defensive lineman tripping over his feet or falling into your knee and. You might not be the number one pick, and the other thing I would say is, hey, coming up here and playing football in New York, they're not. It doesn't look special right now, but it is still pretty damn special to be a player. The city loves football; they love their Jets and their Giants, uh, and uh, I think that would be hard to turn around, turn turn down. And here's the, hey, here's the other thing you can do as well. Even though players don't do it nearly as often as they should, he could do a power play. He could do an Eli Manning, John Elway style power play and make it clear that he does not want to play for a team that has no offensive line yeah. or a team that is just mired in dysfunction. this is He wants to play for this team, this team, this team, whatever, and he's going to engineer it that way. You know, I, I fully support that because situations like this underscore my belief that the draft is unfair to these athletes who should be able to pick where they want to go with appropriate protections put in place 
salary cap mechanisms, et cetera, to keep teams from stacking their roster with a bunch of great young players. And really, who are you going to convince to come sit on the bench? Yeah. Right? He's not going to go play for the Chiefs and be the backup to Patrick Mahomes. He wants to go somewhere where he can play, and he wants to go somewhere where he thinks he can play well. And and to get drafted by the worst team, I know that's the way it works, but it doesn't have to be that way because we've seen guys push back in the past. All right, back to the odds for tonight. And here's one that's a special custom bet that PointsBet made for us using the name of bet feature. Which quarterback will have more turnovers tonight? Daniel Jones or Carson Wentz? Uh, I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. I mean, both have a little bit of a you know turnover issue. Both have a little bit of the like try to do too much at times type of you know disease or whatever, for lack of a better phrase there. There, but I, I think I will go with with Daniel Jones. You know, again, I think this Eagles defense is is pretty damn good. They're pretty good up front. The Giants don't have great weapons on the outside. I do think the Eagles will be able to man them up. You know, Darius Slay, he'll be matched up with Slayton. I would expect. Uh, yeah, and no run game in the pass pro. I'm, I'm going to go with Daniel Jones has more turnovers. Yeah, and, and I, look, he's got the history of more turnovers, but I agree with you. Carson Wentz at times tries to do too much. Yep. But maybe this is one of those nights. Coming off of that game against the Ravens, a much better defense than the Giants. Yep. Maybe maybe it's given the Eagles. I know. You know you, you, when, when you lose a game that you should have won, you fall into that one loss can become two, especially on a short week. When you almost win a game that you were supposed to lose, that could give you a nice little kick in the butt. That may yeah. make you want to turn it around and play on Thursday night and go out and show what you can do against a team that is not nearly as good as the team you almost beat. Chris. I agree with that, Mike. I do. Yeah. There, there was, I think, uh, that is not like a crushing defeat. That is more of a, hey, look, we messed some things up and we still had a chance to tie the football game, you know, on the last play. There's a silver lining. I think kind of say that about the last two weeks. They're going to be able to look at it and go, wait. Most people say the Steelers and the Ravens are two of the three best teams in football. We were there toe-to-toe with them. So I think those are the things. And then the big thing is for Carson Wentz, he's going to take a big breath tonight and go, man, this Giants defense isn't the Ravens or Steelers. This is, this is easier. And uh, I would imagine, like we've seen from him the last few years and night games against the Giants, he's going to have some highlight-type plays. Two years ago, it was a Thursday night game in New York. Last year, he had that amazing comeback, right, in Philly. We thought Eli was going to get one more win. They went into the, I think, what, 17 nothing at halftime, something like that. He brought him back. I think you'll see some special plays from Wentz tonight. And this is one of the basic realities of life in the NFL right now is we see a proliferation of competent quarterbacks, and there are plenty of great quarterbacks out there. Somebody's got to lose games every week. Yeah. That's right. In, in a week with no buys, you're going to have 16 winners and 16 losers. And, and sometimes two of the best quarterbacks are playing each other. That's just the way it works. You're going to lose games. Carson Wentz doesn't have the help around him right now. Guys are injured. He's going to lose some games. That doesn't mean he's not a franchise quarterback. All right, more rushing yards tonight. Devontae Freeman, who a lot of people think could maybe – step up and fill this void now that Saquon Barkley's been out for several weeks or Boston Scott I'm gonna go Boston Scott neither team is a great running team but the Eagles are clearly the better running team compared to the Giants I mean Devontae Freeman has been a nice little addition he's had some moments but you know the one thing the Eagles seem to pop a run every week where it's, it's average it's average and then it's you know a big one and then of course there's the you know, the other thing that's hard with defending the Eagles is Carson Wentz. He'll keep the ball and do that stuff, too. That gives him a little advantage there. I'm just going to have more faith in the Doug Peterson run game and O-line compared to the Giants, and I'll go with Boston Scott. 
I'll agree with you there. Let's move on to more receiving yards. Darius Slayton of the Giants or Travis Fulgham of the Eagles, a guy who's really come on. And I know T- Tony Dungy is a big fan of his. Uh, he always seems to flash whenever whenever Tony gives him some praise, and he's been flashing a lot lately. This will be close. This will be close. Darius Slayton is some player. He really is. And he is a like he's a mismatch nightmare kind of. He's not the kind of guy like you can feel comfortable about like one-on-one coverage. And, man, the Eagles have been – you know, they know how to feed people. And they've been getting the ball to Travis Fulgham. I, I again, I just the way the Eagles feature people like that it, with, you know, whether some weeks it's Ertz or whatever else, I, I'm going to go with Travis Fulgham because I just think he's earned the trust of Doug Peterson and Wentz. I don't feel as confident about this one because I do think there might be, whoa, it's man-to-man bump and run on Darius Slayton and Daniel Jones hits a few big passes to him. But I guess if yeah, I'm going to go with Travis Fulgham. I am. Every time I see his name, I think of the Fulham soccer team owned by Jaguars owner Shad Khan, which is now back in the Premier League. It's just every time I see that name, that's what I think of. And I only mentioned that, number one, because we still got a couple more minutes to kill. And 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 we're, we're on Sky Sports NFL, and I know that our friends in the U.K. and Ireland are, are big into the Premier League. And here, here's a real right. You think we took a right turn earlier. Here's one hell of a right turn. And 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 bear with me on this. I'm going somewhere with this, Your Honor. Yes. The the the, the conversation we've had about realigning the the divisions, so you don't have this four crappy teams, and one of them is guaranteed a playoff berth and a home playoff game. One of our friends in the UK, influenced by the way things work there, has suggested that the NFL be split into two tiers: sixteen teams on the top. 16 teams on the bottom. You get relegated if you're not good enough to compete. And it's the best of the best every year that are fighting with each other at the highest level of the NFL. And it's the bad teams that are jockeying for the opportunity to graduate to the higher level of the sport. And it would be such a revolutionary change, and people would lose their minds. But wouldn't it be awesome to have something like that in the NFL? Well, I mean, it would be cool. Like, relegation is a a really cool, interesting concept. Uh, I don't know if you could do, like, 16 and 16. I don't want to see 16 games of the 16 same teams playing each other. I guess that's where I'd I'd not like that. But, you know, to your point, like, would it be cool? I I don't know. It, it, It would be cool to have some sort of relegation. But then, of course, you would need other teams and everything like that. But... Uh, I don't know. I'm one that's fine with the way things are. I really am. I don't even want the seventh playoff seed. As you know, I'd have been cool with six. We're good. We're killing it. Football is killing it. And I just worry about letting too many average teams in the playoffs and things like that as we go forward. Let me just say this. To the extent the NFL does not want tanking, relegation would be the ultimate antidote to tanking in the NFL, that's for damn sure. Uh, although, I guess at the lowest level, someone would tank, uh, and then I don't know how the draft would work or any of that. But it's just fun to think about different ways to do it and ways to improve it because right. this concept yeah. that the Giants, the Eagles, Washington, or Dallas will end up hosting a playoff game is unacceptable. It is unacceptable, and that's the direction we're heading in this year. Uh, last topic on this, last prop bet, more touchdowns tonight, the Giants or the Eagles? Well, I mean, I'm picking the Eagles to win the game. I'm just, you know, the cat's out of the bag there, and I'm going to pick the Eagles. You can, hey, the Broncos the Broncos won with no touchdowns. Oh, you're right. You're right. Well, I'm still going to go with more touchdowns from the Eagles. I am. Yeah, Are you? I am too. Okay. I mean, 
Yeah, I am. And, and you know, I'm, I'm getting really gun shy about our, our picks because I always go with my gut. I don't know that my gut is, is doing me any favors this year, though. I mean, we're going to pick the Eagles to win. And if we were doing this on Football Night in America, if we had Giants-Eagles, it would be Eagles-Eagles-Eagles all the way across the board, and then the Giants would win, and they'd stick it in our faces through their social media pages. Because God forbid, God forbid we make our predictions based upon the past performance of the team that justifies being picked against. All right, we're going to take a break. When we return, Calais Campbell, the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year for the 2019 season, will be joining us here on PFT Live. We'll be back with that. I mean, when you're talking about the Ravens, and I think we're talking about Calais Campbell probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another guy. First ballot Hall of Famer. I mean. For real? I think so. Yeah. He's a stud. He's a stud. I, I never would have put those. Uh, I know put that name and that compliment. You know, together. he's a five technique and a three-four. You know, to me, he's like Richard Seymour of the old like. You know, that's what he is. Richard Seymour. Is Richard Seymour getting the Hall of Fame last year? He finally got in, right? Did he get in? I think he did last year. Pete, Pete? check that up. I no. Okay, I so maybe he made it the finalist and just missed. Okay. But he should be in. I'll yeah. just say that. Yeah. At some point. But yeah, Calais Campbell. I mean. Baltimore is another team I want to go. Please stop blitzing so much. Calais Campbell runs over people anyways. We don't need to do it, but either way. Is that I mean, the reason Philly got back in it? I, definitely. Definitely. I mean, he threw some balls up, and there was no safety in the middle of the field. And he just threw jump balls, and they went and got it. Because they were way up. What were they up? They were up 24 to 17 nothing halftime. Yep. 30 to 14 in the fourth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They were just, it was too aggressive. And, you know, hey, Carson Wentz sat in there and made some plays. Which he's going to He do. got beat to death. Right? I know. I mean, so many hits by that Baltimore defense. Unbelievable. But, yes. League high eight quarterback pressures Ooh, yesterday. Three sacks. Man. Yeah. And Calais Campbell... I mean, there was just there was a few. It was like it was cartoon stuff the way he was running over people and running over Carson Wentz. This is how you butter up a guest. You have a different show. You have a different show where Chris Sims proclaims that the guy's a first battle Hall of Famer, and then you play some of it back when he's on your show. And here he is, the reigning Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year and potential first ballot Hall of Famer, Calais Campbell. Calais, what's up, man? Man, what's going on, man? Happy to be here, man. I'm glad. I didn't even Great. know you were coming on this week, man. I did not. Oh, man, did we lose him? We lost him? Darn it. There we All right. We're we'll getting back. Well, you know we're what I was going to say, too, Mike, just to why we sit here and wait? Mike, I know I've told you my stories about Julius Peppers, right, before, where, like, the first time I ran on the field at Texas, North Carolina, I just couldn't get over it. He was at midfield, and I literally ran up to him and was like, holy crap. I didn't realize you were this, you know, effing big. And I said all those swear words and everything that I do. Okay. I had a same interaction with Calais Campbell. I was with the Tennessee Titans. It was early in his career, maybe his second year. They're the Arizona Cardinals. We're training against them in training camp. And I ran out into practice because we're going to practice against them that day. And he was right there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is Calais Campbell. Now I understand. (laughs) I just couldn't get over the size of you, man. So what's up? Nice to see you again. Yeah, you know, I don't know why, but ever since I was a kid, they always want me to get off the bus first. <laughs> Try to intimidate the other team, I guess, right? I bet. At, at, at what age did you become so much bigger than everyone else? Uh, so I, I started high school at, at six feet, and going into my sophomore year, I was six eight. I've always been, like, wow. you know, the tallest kid in my class, but the sophomore year is when I really took off. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. You want to keep it going? 
Yeah, uh, and by the way, let's point out, if you can't tell from watching the show, Calais here on behalf of our friends at Old Spice. I got my Old Spice on today. I wear my Old Spice every day. I had my Old Spice t-shirt on yesterday, so we're always happy to have some folks here on behalf of Old Spice. You're in the Ravens facility today, and this is your first year with the team. You've been around the league. You've seen a lot of things. You've heard a lot of things. How does this team, this organization, everything about it stand out to you based on your time with it so far? It's a special place. It really is. You know, uh, I feel like one of the best things, you know, to have that mentality of play like a Raven, uh, but the organization allows you to be yourself and the best version of yourself. And they really do a, a, a great job of arming you with the tools for you to go out there and, and, uh, and kind of just be who you are and try to be the best version of yourself so you can help the team be, you know, a, a great team. And, you know, there's a reason why this team is always in it at the end of the year, and it really comes down to, to the organization up top and, and the, uh, the coaching and leadership and then just having the right kind of guys who buy in you know, time and time again. Have you been a part of any culture like this? I mean, I know you've been with the Cardinals, the Jaguars team that went to the AFC Championship game that I kind of want to ask you about, like, what happened to that team. But <laughs> has anything compared to this type of culture that you've been to uh, so far in your career? I feel like uh, we've had moments, and we're trying to build that other places. Uh, but it's hard. I mean, this culture to consistently be this way uh, really takes uh, the right kind of people in the building. And, uh, and, and it's, it's a process. But, um, you know, the Ravens have done a really good job. And I think it really starts with Coach Harbaugh. I, I mean, I'm sure even above him, you know, with the, with the ownership and Steve Bishotti. Uh But Car Harbaugh does a really good job of, uh, of just allowing players to be themselves, uh, communication, and uh, really allowing us to thrive. And I've had really good coaches at other places, and you've had we've had moments where everybody bought in and uh, you know really tried to establish a culture that was special. And uh, but it, it really is hard. But you have to really take your hat off to the people that came before us with the Ravens. I, I, I mean Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and those guys that came before us really established a culture that is followed to this day that allows us to you know go out there and, and play like a Raven, which allows us to be successful. Calais, you got a taste of the Super Bowl as a rookie with the Cardinals in 2008. Almost got back a few years ago with the Jaguars. How much of that drives you now? There's so many things you can't control. It's a team sport. But how much of that desire to get to a Super Bowl and win it is pushing you at this stage of your career? Oh, it's my it's my only goal. My only real goal. You know, uh, I feel like, um, you know, everybody walks around, you know, and, and you have your championship moments. You have those times in your in your, uh, in your mind where you're just like, I know and deep inside that I, I'm a champion at heart. And, you know, I just don't have the hardware. I don't have that, uh, those moments and uh, outside of my body yet. And so, you know, being able to come to the Ravens and be a part of this organization and the players here we have right now, you know, you feel like this is, uh, this is my best opportunity I'm going to have. And we really have to embrace it and uh, get lost in the moment and, uh, and capitalize on it. And that's hard to do, obviously. You know, I mean, everybody who's played football knows to win a championship is a very, very hard thing to do. Uh, but this this team has all the pieces in place, and we put ourselves in position. And, uh, you know, I'm excited for the journey. Well, I mean, th that's where I, I want to go, like, you know, this journey this year. Like, how did this come about? Did you think you might be on the trading block in Jacksonville? Were there conversations there? Did you get to steer yourself towards the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, I'm just interested to see kind of how that the relationship started. Yeah, no, uh, honestly, um, you know, there was there was no real inkling that I could that I was going to trade it at all, you know, and then, um, you know, uh, uh, Dave Kywell called me and was like, hey, hey, you know, um, you know, a couple guys made some offers that we couldn't refuse. And, 
Uh, you know, there's a lot of teams interested, but I feel like uh, Baltimore was was the best uh, win-win for all of us. And so uh, we're training to the Baltimore Ravens as long as, uh, you know, it's contingent on the deal being done. You have until, you know, Sunday, you know, since like a Friday. And so uh, we, uh, you know, had a couple calls with my agent. He was talking with Eric DaCosta. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, my agent was pretty adamant that uh, we can get more money elsewhere because there were other teams interested if, if they didn't come up. And I'm like, nah, whatever, whatever we can get, get the best you can. But I want to be a Raven. Right. Hey, Calais, we want to focus on the future, and it's a bright one for you and the Ravens. But I am fascinated, as is Chris, by what happened in Jacksonville so close to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You lived it. You were in the middle of it. What's happened there that's caused a team that was on the cusp of greatness to fall apart so quickly? You know, I feel like it's a matter of a few things. I mean, first of all, it's hard to consistently win in the NFL. And, uh, you know, we were a really young team. And uh, I feel like one of the biggest things that, you know, you're always trying to get, you know, each team is always trying to get, you know, uh, bigger, stronger, faster, and usually younger. And, um, and and I feel like we lost a couple of blue chip players that, you know, might have been just, you know, okay on the football field, but were, you know, for, were monumental in the locker room. And, uh, you know, two guys that really come to my mind is uh, Paul Posnetsky and Mercedes Lewis. Losing those two guys were uh, really hurt the locker room a little bit because, you know, they were just those, uh, you know, those, those leaders. You know, they weren't really vocal as much more as they were just uh, an example of what to do on a daily basis. And they kept everybody in check in the line. And then you replace them with younger, uh, more talented guys. And, you know, they had to go through their growing pains. And uh, we were a team that was, you know, just, you know, we, we were really, really talented in 2018 and had all the expectations that started fast. And then we, you know, stumbled upon some adversity and our leadership really, um, you know, we didn't have enough of it, you know, in, in those big moments. And then just once it started snowballing, it went downhill. And then, uh, you know, we started losing talent left and right. And, I mean, this is how it goes. Hey, we know we got to let you go, but before you go, you got to give everyone your Old Spice pitch. You don't have to convince us. We're Old Spice users. Tell everyone else why they should be, too. Well, you know, what it really comes down to it is uh, Old Spice has really made a commitment to trying to be more involved in the community, and uh, they made a 10-year commitment to try to raise the graduation rate across the United States of America. And in doing so, uh, we're promoting the Black Boys film, the documentary. Uh, I watched this incredible film, and it's really to encourage uh, all of us, uh, you know, especially black men, to just uh, to have uh, self-confidence and uh, reassurance and, and belief and hope that, you know, you can go out and do great things, you know, and bigger than just, just sports, but just, uh, you know, in life. And, uh, and it starts with, you know, just uh, somebody believing in them. So Old Spice took the, the initiative to really try to uh, show young black African-American men that uh, they believe in them and uh, they're going to invest in the future. Excellent stuff, Calais. Congratulations on Walter Payton, Man of the Year. All the best this year as you chase the Super Bowl, and we'll be waiting for that first ballot Hall of Fame uh, induction. Hey, I hope I'm hopeful. Great. Appreciate it. You're going to get there. Great You're talking the man, to Calais. you, Calais. Good luck, man. All right. Appreciate there it. There he is, Calais Campbell, doing his thing for Old Spice. Let's go ahead and take a break, Chris. Uh, we've got a, well, a little quick reaction. Well, uh, yeah. first ballot Hall of Famer. I, 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 I look. I had never really thought about it until you brought it up either. But I, I, I'm having a hard time talking my way uh, back from it now that you've put the idea out there. Well, yeah. I mean, listen. I, whether he's a first ballot Hall of Famer or not, I don't know what'll happen there. I think he's no doubt a Hall of Famer. You know, he's the perfect example of the guy that we talk about a lot, right, Mike? You know, the stats are never going to really tell you how great he is. It's the f the play ups, you know, that really are what he is all about, and. 
what he's asked to do at times is not about sexiness or stats. You know, he's asked to make a mess in the middle of the defense, hold up double teams, but he can do everything. That's what's amazing. He can literally play defense and rush the passer. He can play three technique. He could play five technique in a three, four defense. And there's just great value in that. To me, it's like, like I was, you heard in that clip earlier with Richard Seymour, you know, yeah, the numbers are never going to say it, but like he is one of the best defensive players of this little generation here, the last 12, 13 years. And uh, I don't think there's any doubt he's a Hall of Famer in my, in my book. And let, let me just echo what he said about the importance of veteran leadership that holds younger players yeah, right? accountable. Paul Puzlesny, Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes Lewis has been, has been praised relentlessly by guys like Aaron Rodgers for the leadership he brings to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones has mentioned him as a guy that gets the team going. When you lose guys like that and you do have a young team, it's hard to hold it all together. Yes, and it is. that's, I think, one of the reasons why we've seen it all fall apart for Jacksonville. Yeah, it's a shame because that was like one of the most fun, unbelievable defenses we saw. And we only got to see it for one year. But that that's when you talk about culture and good guys in the locker room, that's what you know, teams are referring to, yeah, and maybe they got a little too big for their britches right there in Jacksonville and just thought, okay, you know, we had one good year, here we go, and it seems like, yes, yeah, some of their young guys uh, got a little full of themselves, lost their way that way, and there obviously wasn't the, the right leadership in place. Well, thanks again to Calais and to Old Spice for making them available. You know, we don't always open the doors to have guests on because we got a lot to talk about and we don't like to shut up. But uh, for a guy like Calais, we'll always make time, and we're going to take a break when we return. Getting you ready for Week 7 with our typical Thursday matchup draft, the big matchups for the coming slate of games. We'll do that when PFC Live continues right after this. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whirlwind. It's been a whirlwind for them. I think if you're going to make me choose, you know, between the two. What is it going to be? A whirlwind? 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 World, world whirlwind? Yeah, <laughs> it's a whirlwind. Yes. Simsisms. Yes, it is. Simsisms. It is a whirlwind. <laughs> it's going all around the world, and it's windy. But, um, yes. Simsisms. 
I've been waiting for that one all week. There you I'm go. I'm glad we got it in there. Yeah. Whirlwind. Yes. Uh, this show's been a whirlwind today. Let's keep right at it. You never know where the next Simsism is going to come from. We almost got it earlier today with hearts ripped out. What were you going to say? <laughs> Rip, uh, they had their ripped hearts out. They, they had their they ripped, ripped hearts out. Yeah, I think that's what I was yeah. going to say. Yes, All right. yes. All right, here's a trivia question, and I'm informed that you will either know the answer to this or you won't, mm, which basically is typical of every <laughs> trivia Answer. question. Right. The Titans are 5-0 for the second time in franchise history. The first was obviously the 2008 team that Christopher David Sims played for. Well, I use the term played loosely. You threw two passes that season, completing one. Who caught it? Man, I don't know. It wasn't a pass worth thinking about. It must have been <laughs> something short. I'm going to go with a tight end. Seven yards was the game. I'm going to say yards. Craig Stevens. Is that by any chance it? No. Boy, you're going to hear from Paul Williams today. Oh. Third-round pick out of Fresno State. He spent oh. four years in the NFL. Yep. His only career catch. His He caught one pass in his career, and you don't remember it. Week 17 against the Colts. He's now the receivers coach at Fresno City College. Hello, Paul Williams. Christopher has forgotten you, but we haven't. Man, Paul was a great guy, too. His name did go through my head. I just couldn't quite remember. Hey, that was a... That was a, a big moment for me. It really was because that was the first time I had played in a regular season game since I lost my spleen. And I'll, I'll forever be indebted to Jeff Fisher for what he did for me that year. You know, got me there, really let me get healthy. I'd take a bullet for the guy. I really would. And, you know, that was uh, like we've always talked about. That, that was a cool day, too, because, you know, yeah, it's the Titans. And, of course, you're watching Peyton Manning and the Colts over there the other that day. And, uh, you know, always cool to see that rivalry. But, yeah, got, got to play a little ball that day. Well, I guarantee you it wasn't a touchdown pass. No, it was not. That day. It was not. Because the score was 23 nothing Indianapolis. Yes. Yeah, it, was, I it think didn't that, mean was anything that... for the Titans. We were already locked up home field, so it was like, you know, we, we were one of those teams where we kind of took the foot off the gas pedal that last week, and then we had the bye, and we got caught sleeping a little bit against the Baltimore Ravens. So was that your selling point to Jeff Fisher? Let me play this week. The game doesn't mean anything. No, 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 no. They they just threw me in there. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> Kerry played a little. Vince Young got in, I believe, and then I came in at the very young, very end. Were you there with the? T was 2008 the year that things got really weird with Vince Young? Was it that year or the next year? No, it was that what year. year. Was it? That was year. Oh, that wow. year. Yeah, that was an interesting year, no doubt about it. You got you got some you got some stories that you could probably tell. We need to take that up at some point because that was a weird year, and to get the number one seed, and to desecrate the terrible towel, and have it all fell apart after that. All right. Matchup draft, I get the first pick. Yep. I am going to go with the obvious one, Derrick Henry against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Yeah. The immovable force. Wait, what is it? See, I've been around you too much. The irresistible <laughs> force versus the immovable object. The It's the irresistible force and the immovable object. Can Derrick Henry get it done? And look, I said this yesterday on Football Pod in America, and, and we've talked about this. It takes Derrick Henry a few steps to get going. That's when you have to get him. If you're the Steelers, you got to get him. You got to knock him down. You got every once in a while, you see him try to bounce it outside, and he can't get up to top gear. And and that's what you have to do if you want to have any chance. And we'll see if the Steelers can do it. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that, you're you're right. This is definitely one of the best ones of the weekend. That Steelers front seven against those big, mean offensive linemen in the Tennessee Titans and Derrick Henry stinks. Taylor Lewan's hurt, and he won't be there for that. But uh, they, that was definitely one of my top picks too. I, I think the next one I'm going to go do. Uh, is Shanahan versus Belichick. I, I, I mean, I'm really – this is some game with a lot of meaning 
for two teams that are, you know, in different conferences. But as we know, the Patriots are reeling a little bit. You know, it seems like the 49ers are getting healthy and kind of right, righted the ship a little to a degree. But where I'm really intrigued, we know the Shanahan run scheme, everything he does there, it's as creative as it gets in football. Belichick, this great secondary, but, man, they don't have a lot of run stoppers. What is he going to do to slow down this 49ers offense and some of the things Shanahan does to me? Uh, I, I can't wait to kind of see the chess match between those two guys. And like every other week, this is one where I had the same game. I just had a different matchup. I go Belichick, Jimmy Garoppolo, because who knows Jimmy Garoppolo better than Bill Belichick, and he finally gets a chance to exploit any and all weaknesses he may have noticed during those years they were together. Next one for me, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, round three. A quarterback rivalry involving a couple of guys who are shorter than me, although Russell's probably my size. Kyler Murray's definitely shorter than me. I love it when these two guys get together. It should be explosive. It should be fun. And uh, it's must-see TV on Sunday afternoon between the Cardinals and the Seahawks. I I would think so. I would think so. And, you know, of course, we're going to see some big plays from both of these guys. I mean, Russell Wilson, we know he's going to deliver that way. And this way the Seahawks' defense has played, it doesn't sound like – It doesn't sound good for Jamal Adams and whether he'll be ready to go because I don't think he practiced at all yesterday um, to where I'm with you, Mike. I think you're going to see a lot of big plays from both of these uh, quarterbacks, no doubt. All right, I'm going to go to – You're right. He still hasn't – Jamal Adams still hasn't returned. Three and a half weeks after the groin strain, still not practiced. Yeah, that's a a tough one. Then they better take it slow and make sure you you don't rush it to re-aggravate it. I'm going to go to my old coach. Yeah, Bucks, Raiders, you know, that game right there. Just the, the meaning of the game in general. Gruden, you know, fired by the Bucks, took them to a Super Bowl, all those things. Now he's back with his original team. You know, I'm pretty sure he still has his house in Tampa, Florida. You know, he grew up there. I just know this will be a personal uh, a personal matchup for him. He'll want to win this football game. And, of course, now he's dealing with the COVID-19 and all that. And, you know, hey, his legacy is probably a little – in danger here too the Bucks are looking damn good Bruce Arians maybe he'll be the next coach in Tampa to win a Super Bowl so I just uh, I think that's an interesting matchup for our Sunday night game absolutely a great game for Sunday night Tom Brady and company going to Las Vegas to take on John Gruden the team that once traded him versus the team that once fired him he's now back with the team that traded him and he's looking for his shot at revenge we're going to take a break before we do the final round of the week seven matchup draft we'll be back to wrap up this thursday edition of pro football talk live Wrapping up the Thursday edition of PFT Live. There's your lineup on Peacock every weekday. It begins with us, continues with Dan Patrick, then Rich Eisen, brother from another, and PFTPM. Today's PFTPM, the joint Mega Picks podcast with PFTPM. Which, by the way, I'm told, episode number 200 Whoa. with Chris Sims unbuttoned. That calls for a celebration tonight, Chris. Not that you need an invitation. No, but Thursday night. You know, on Thursday night. I know what's going on Thursday night. That's it's going right. to be debate. It's going to be football and it's going to be something else. It All is. right. Third round of the matchups draft. I am going with, and I've got three possibilities here. I'm going with Ezekiel Elliott versus Ezekiel Elliott because he's got to get this fumbling stuff yeah. out of his head. He's got to figure out what he's doing wrong. He's got to fix it. And he can't be obsessing about it when they play Washington this weekend, or he will fumble more times, Chris. Yeah, pretty damn good defense, too, with Washington. It won't be easy. And their D-line, 
you know, in the Dallas O-line not being in a full strength, I mean, I would think they're going to make things hard on Ezekiel in the running game and try to make Andy Dalton beat them. We'll see where that goes. I, I think that's going to, that's an interesting matchup. I'm going to go on the, the Monday night football game a little bit, you know, just, I, I, I want to really say, I guess McVay versus Chuck Pagano, that's where I'll go. But McVay has not had the greatest success against these three, four type of teams. Vic Fangio and the Bears gave them issues, right, a few years ago when they played. It's a similar scheme. It's very similar that way. And the one thing we've seen, and this is my big question with the Rams, if they can't run the ball, can their offense really move it? Because once they can't run, they can't have boots and the play actions aren't there and their drop back pass game's a little underwhelming. So I think that's going to be an interesting matchup to, you know, see who wins that football game. I agree with you. One that I wanted to get to, but, yeah. you know, I'm out of rounds. Joe Brady versus Dennis Allen, the two Saints assistants. Yeah. Brady was there. A he knows one. the offense, runs the offense. Dennis Allen knows it. Let's see what happens when the three and two, or no, now they're three and three Panthers get together with the three and two Saints. All right, that's it for this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Check us out at 5 p.m. Eastern for the Joint Mega Picks podcast. All your picks straight up and against the spread. For now, it's the Dan Patrick Show right here on Peacock. See ya. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.